Hello and a welcome to Frontline, keeping a tab on China's hottest high-tech developments. I'm Sam Duckett in Beijing. Coming up on today's show, I will be giving you all the details on the latest iPad Pro set to hit the Chinese market in November. Our reporter Doris Wong will be taking an in-depth look at an Israeli designer who has created an entire fashion collection on a 3D home printer. And Mark Griffiths will be joining me for the Wild Web discussion. And today we're going to be talking about the new iOS 9 mobile operating system by Apple. Now to kick off today's show, the Apple iPad range witnessed a decline in sales of 3.3 million units between the third quarter of 2014 to the third quarter of 2015. The new iPad Pro looks to boost iPad sales with a wide spectrum of new features. The new iPad will boast a powerful A9X CPU unit, and in combination with the large 12.9-inch screen, users will be able to conveniently multitask by splitting the screen and running two applications at the same time. It will also have four high-fidelity speakers for better audio quality, and two new peripherals: the Apple Pencil and the Apple Smart Keyboard. Technology commentator and producer for the online technology platform iPhone.com, Yu Hao was at attendance at the Apple conference and offered his views after getting his hands on the device. To be honest, I thought that Apple would make something like this for a long time. The laptop computer seems to have reached its peak, and the iPad is so interactive, and there's a lot you can do with it. Before, if we wanted to draw a digital image, we needed to buy an electronic sketchboard. But with the new iPad, we can use it to draw, write, and record information. It not only feels, but also sounds great, and it has a powerful CPU to boot. Even though I was mentally prepared for this project, it gave me so many surprises, like the Apple Pencil and keyboard. It's really innovative. The two new peripherals for the iPad Pro have created a large stir online. The iPad Pro's new smart keyboard connects via a smart connector found on the side of the iPad. It uses much thinner keys, which are comparable to the new MacBook. They may take some time to get used to, but they do allow for a compact, high-functioning keyboard. The new Apple Pencil stylus has been met with mixed reviews, largely due to Steve Jobs dismissing the concept of a stylus at the Apple conference in 2007 when he announced the first iPhone. How are we going to communicate this? We don't want to carry around a mouse, right? So what are we going to do? Oh, a stylus, right? We're going to use a stylus. No. No. Who wants a stylus? You have to get them and put them away, and you lose them. Yuck. Nobody wants a stylus. So let's not use a stylus. We're going to use the best pointing device in the world. We're going to use a pointing device that we're all born with. We're born with ten of them. We're going to use our fingers. We're going to touch this with our fingers, and we have invented a new technology called multi-touch. Steve Jobs' comments on a stylus have caused a stir with netizens questioning whether the company has made the right move introducing the new Apple Pencil. His comments, however, were made during a different time when touchscreen interfaces were still at an initial phase. The first iPhone was one of the first phones to use multi-touch technology, allowing users to make multi-touch gestures. There is a strong argument that the first iPhone was what made multi-touch technology popular in the first place. The introduction of this technology meant that at the time the stylus had become obsolete in comparison to what a user could do with their fingers. 
It is, however, the same advancements in touchscreen interfaces that have made the Apple Pencil relevant. The aberration of the touchscreen now being able to differentiate the angle and force of each stroke with key precision is what will drive the popularity of the product. The fact that it can be, for all intents and purposes, a pencil and not just a stylus. Yu Hao offered his thoughts on the Apple Pencil. Apple has not yet used the Apple Pencil with an iPhone. They don't even let it work with an ordinary iPad, and it only works with the iPad Pro. They made this product to be very professional. If you are a designer, an illustrator, or someone who has high creative standards, you could buy this. And for regular consumers, Apple still believe this is not a necessity. What really surprised me when I used the Apple Pencil was the sensitivity towards pressure used. It feels really smooth when you use it. It was also amazing how it can detect the angle you hold the Apple Pencil. For instance, even when I hold the pencil horizontally to shade, the device was able to completely understand and compute this. With the considerably higher entry price tag of over 5,000 yuan, and taking into consideration the additional size of the device, the latest iPad Pro is no longer a portable multimedia device for the average consumer. It has instead transformed into a professional tool that will be welcomed by the commerce sector, but even more so by designers. The lack of external hard storage and USB ports means that the iPad Pro will face stiff competition from Microsoft, who are set to announce the Surface 4 in October. But from a designer's perspective, it looks like iPad Pro is truly going to be bigger than bigger. The iPad Pro hits the Chinese market November 2015. Frontline, bringing you the leading edge in technology. Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg recently announced that the social media platform will support a dislike function. The Facebook CEO said that the new feature will not be used to express negative emotions, but to express empathy. Currently, when someone wishes to post an emotion on Facebook, they are limited to just the like function. The CEO also expressed how he does not want Facebook to become like Reddit, where the dislike function is used as a negative mechanism. The new dislike feature will give Facebook users a new means of expressing an emotion towards the content that they are viewing online. The extra option is expected to be warmly welcomed by fans of the world's most popular social media platform. Amazon's same-day delivery service is now available in Los Angeles. Amazon's Prime Now delivery service offers users one to two-hour delivery speeds for a $7.99 per month membership. Prime Now users can order anything from toiletries to groceries to electronics. Prime Now is available across 11 different cities in the United States, and delivery hours are between 8 a.m. and midnight. Los Angeles customers will now have access to a great, reliable delivery service that has promised them high delivery speeds despite the notorious traffic in Los Angeles. It would therefore seem that LA customers are getting their money's worth. An Israeli designer has created an entire fashion collection on a 3D home printer, opening the door for other people around the world to design their own wardrobe at home. At her studio in Tel Aviv, 27-year-old Denit Peleg says that the 3D printer is set to change the way shoppers access high-speed clothing. And we go to Doris Wong for the details. It looks like any other fashion show, but there's one key difference. All of these items have been created in a 3D printing lab by emerging Israeli designer Danit Peleg. 
She says 3D printing gives her the freedom to experiment with the technology, even though it is still relatively expensive. I can print everything with this machine. The only problem is that the plate is very small. It comes on a size of A4, so I have to print everything in this size and then to connect it or glue it. But I don't need to sew anything. So if you don't know how to sew clothes, you can. Just glue your clothes at home. Peleg says an A4 size of textile takes at least 20 hours to print, and it can take up to 300 hours to complete a single piece. However, she says 3D printing will revolutionize fashion design, especially as they can be machine washed. This technology, the home printer, let us, all of us, to be able to wear this kind of stuff. Um, it's not only for celebrities anymore, and it's not made out of、uh, hard plastic. It's very flexible. You can sit with it. You can wash it on the dishwasher, actually. And it's a really I wanted to make it as a, as much as ready-to-wear collection as I could,、uh, so it will be fun to everyone to wear it. Months of research goes into Payleg's designs, which are made from a durable material called Filaflex. Which the designer describes as very flexible and still very strong. You just put from one side the filament. It's called filament. It's the material that you put inside of the printer, and then there is a body heat that heating the the whole thing, and then it's come up with the pattern or whatever you like to the plate. And I am using a very flexible filament, which called Filaflex. And it's very flexible, and still it's very strong material. And you can print with it in a home printer, everything. One item in Payleg's collection, the Red Liberty jacket, took more than two thousand hours to create, and is one of her more pricey pieces. The collection is really expensive because it takes a lot of time to print it.、Uh, for example, the jacket took me more than three hundred hours to print. And、uh, the cost of this jacket is twenty five hundred dollars. And I think when the printer will be much faster, it's gonna be much accessible, and everyone will be able to buy it. Pelek says a home printer capable of making wearable garments like hers will set people back around two thousand U.S. dollars. But she's confident that as technology expands, the cost will come down, giving more people the option to design their own clothes. This printer costs two thousand dollars, but in a few years, it's going to be much more cheaper. Just like the paper printer that it now is available to anyone. So I think in a few years, and it will be much more、uh, reasonable. Files containing Payleg's designs can be sent to shoppers at home, allowing them to create their very own fashion items with the press of a button. Ford has announced several smartwatch apps for its plug-ins and hybrid cars. Popular smartwatch features that Ford will support include a remote climate control, lock and unlock, mileage, and walking directions defining your car. The catch is that these sleek new features will only be featured on the electric and plug-in hybrid models. This is unavoidable, however, because the new system requires connectivity between the smartwatch and the car. 
Ford drivers will now have a big new reason to buy an Apple or Android watch. It will make their motoring lives much more convenient, and Ford are sure to release even more new features in the future. Private mobile taxi company Lyft has announced that they will be partnering with China's number one taxi hailing app, Didi Kuaidi. The partnership will mean that Lyft users will be able to access the Didi Kuaidi database whilst in China, and Lyft taxis will now also be available via the Didi Kuaidi app. Didi will be investing 100 million U.S. dollars in Lyft, which is currently estimated to be worth 2.5 million U.S. dollars. Didi is currently valued at 16 billion U.S. dollars. The deal will put a lot of pressure on Uber, who have publicly stated that they want to further dominate the Chinese market. The deal means Lyft taxis will grow in demand in a country where there is already a high demand for private transportation, and it also means that it will be a little easier for people travelling to and from the United States and China to hail a taxi. A Berlin-based startup is hoping to revolutionise the way residential doors are opened. The Kiwi Key system, based on the same technology found in smart new car keys, has so far been to installed in over 1,400 residential doors in the German capital. Now let's go to Wenjie for the details. At first glance, this little plastic square might not look like much. But the key, named the Kiwi Key by the company which invented it, is used by thousands of people in Berlin to open doors to residential buildings every day. Over 1,400 residential front doors have now been retrofitted with the system in the German capital. Hundreds of doors in Hamburg also have the technology. That means over 15,000 households in Berlin and 4,000 households in Hamburg now have access to the system. The Kiwi dot key key is essentially a transponder which uses radio frequency identification technology. It connects to locks when it gets close enough, then automatically unlocks the door. Claudia Nagel is the co-founder of Kiwi dot key. The way Kiwi works is that you have this small transponder that you carry with you. You don't need to get it out in any way. When you get within three to four meters of your door, this transponder unlocks the door automatically. It's not new technology. It's widely used in car keys, office building security systems, and many other applications, such as automated road toll collecting systems. But according to Kiwi dot Key, its system is the first to be installed in residential buildings on a large scale. The company says it's also the first to connect to a smartphone app, meaning doors can also be opened remotely. Another company trialing the system is recycling firm Remondis. The firm has been given 20 keys to open over 1,000 Berlin doors. Recycling collectors traveling to various residential buildings and businesses will soon be able to enter all the doors without having to find the correct key from a massive key rings. The trial will last for several months, and the efficiency of the company's collectors will be evaluated to see if there is a marked improvement in the speed they do their rounds. Lutz Wedegardner is the operational manager for Berlin operation of Ramondi's recycling company. Why? There are obviously many reasons that are important for us, but the entering of the houses is important. We have to enter a lot of buildings and houses, and to do that, we have to carry around large rings with keys for every house and every street. And with the technology from Kiwi, we will be able to open many doors with the same key.
Henry Plotz is a security analyst who specializes in key systems. He's evaluated the key.key system. It is much more secure than a normal key. A normal key can be copied easily, sometimes just from a photograph. With this one, you can't do that. That is the case for all contactless keys. But this one is as secure or more secure than all other contactless systems. More secure than a normal key. But is it possible for a decent hacker to copy the keys and crack the system? With today's technology, it would not be possible to copy the key we key. With today's technology, you would have to open it and then use a microscope to get the key out. But then it's broken and you wouldn't be able to give it back. You can't go and get it copied like a normal key. That's not possible with the system. So it would be easier to steal this key than it would be to copy it. Kiwi.key says their system is set to be installed in other European cities in the coming months. That was Wenjie reporting. Now stay with us because coming up next we're going to have Mark Griffiths in the studio for this week's edition of the Wild Web Discussion. And we're going to be talking about the new iOS 9 operating system by Apple. The Wild Web, breaking new ground in the world of technology. Hey Mark, we've got a fascinating story this week. It turns out that the iOS 9 has already come out in China. It came out on September the 17th. It looks very similar to the old iOS 7 and iOS 8 operating system for the iPhones and, and iPads. But it has got a load of new features that look good fun. Well, hang on a minute, because I'm still sort of discussing with myself whether I should um, get a new iPhone because my iPhone 4 won't even upgrade to iOS 8. So now they're on 9, right? Yeah? Yes, you've, um, you've got a very old phone there, Mark. Mark uses the iPhone 4, which is... The, th- the problem with Apple products is that they do deteriorate over time. So they, Apple do expect you to upgrade every two to three years. The speed of it is actually getting slower, you know, doing various things. And sometimes it freezes as well. So, OK, yeah, I, I take the point that I probably need to up, update it to something else. So tell me what iOS 9 is going to do that 8, or in my case, 7 point something don't do well it's a very good question as i said before mark if i was to show you ios 9 which i've already had the pleasure of using it doesn't look very different in terms of its style from what you've got right now but it's got a few extra features in there that look pretty cool so for instance you can write down notes on your phone right Yeah, but with the new iOS 9 system, not only can you write notes now, you can do it with different fonts, you can have bullet points, you can even sketch little diagrams on the note page if you want to do a little drawing or like, like a, um, a mental map, a mind map. Oh, well, that sounds probably like quite a good idea. And also, I know that the difference between my phone and, say, the um, iPhone 5S is that on mine you can't do um, voice to text on things like WeChat, which you can do on the the iPhone 5S. So my question really to you is, are some of these things functions of the phone's design or are they dependent on the operating system? 
Well, the operating system, regardless of what model you have, if it's an iPhone 5S, if it's an iPhone 6S, if it's an iPad, a lot of them will be there. However, there are a few specific features that you can only use on certain models. For example, if you've got the new iPad Pro, they've now added a multitasking function where you can split the screen into two and run two applications at the same time. So you could be watching a video or watching the news and checking your social media at once. I love it how this is presented as a um, amazing. New feature because, of course, we've That's been, been out for every other device for years. Well, now. exactly. I mean, you know, I've been able to do that on my laptop for years. So, and um, but this was one of the drawbacks, though, of these devices that you could only do one thing at a time, wasn't it? Exactly. And it has not, it's not just laptops, Mark, it's been out for the、um, Surface devices, for the Android devices. It's just Apple are a bit late to the game.、Mm. But what I've noticed with Apple and the Bast is, even if they bring out something really late, They're good at making it better than their competitors over time. And the other big interesting update they're going to have is a new app that I think you're really going to like. It's called Apple News. What it does is it takes your preferences, so it looks at the kind of news stories that you would normally look at on The Independent and The Guardian and the BBC and all those other news outlets,、mm. and it decides what your points of interest are. And then, it, and then it gets different stories from different media outlets and puts them all into one convenient app. So, for me, for example, I love basketball, the sport. I love talk, looking at technology. And I'm quite a big fan of British politics. So, I could get all of those stories on one page, on one app, which would be really convenient. Yeah, I know that this sounds good, but I, I, I mean, I like the idea of, of drawing in news stories from different sources so you can get a more balanced and broader idea of what's going on in the world. But the thing I don't really like is that it learns your preferences. So, for example,、um, for example, for people that are interested in, well, only use, say, one or two sources of news, it's going to gradually narrow down the sources that it draws from. And that isn't going to broaden the, the mind of the person that's, that's using it. But I take the point, it's, it, it is very useful, it will be very useful indeed, rather than just simply relying on one source of news or one online newspaper. It's going to draw in content from all over the internet, which has to be a good thing, and very clever algorithm too. Yeah, I think so. And I think users are going to benefit from this in the long run. The other major thing I liked about it is that if you've got an iPhone 6S, It, there's going to be a few features you can use which are 3D Touch dedicated, so the, the new operating system will be ready to read how hard you're pressing on your phone, and it'll have different functions as a result of that. And they're going to be upgrading Siri, and if I'm being honest, at the moment, Siri is the most useless thing I've Seen in my life. I've never sat at home and said, you know what? I fancy some conversation. Let's talk to my iPhone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. But、um, my dad uses it there. He's very impressed with it. He asks it simple questions like, what will the weather forecast be for tomorrow? But do you know, I was reading about、um, what do they call it? Cortana, the Microsoft version of, of Siri. And very foolishly, the head of、um, Microsoft、uh, at the moment. Did a demonstration in public. Did you hear about this? No, go on. What was he, it about? He, he, he said, Now we're going to test out the new Cortana. And he asked it the most complex, confusing question you could ever imagine. I mean, I read about this and I, I, I had to reread the question two or three times. I still didn't really know what he'd asked it. And so, no wonder it didn't come up with an answer. And there was a lot of embarrassment at the Microsoft press conference. He should have stuck with a simple question. Was he from New Zealand? Uh, that's a, that would have been an excellent question. Something you, that as simple. That sounded like a Kiwi accent you were trying to put on just now. <laughs> no, no, but that would have been a, that would have been a, a good、uh, question to ask. Well, that's a little bit more Australian, maybe. Hopefully.
But yeah, that would have been a very good one. Uh, keep it simple, um, which is would make a great slogan actually for one of these companies, wouldn't it? Okay, thank you, Mark. Uh, that was a fantastic discussion. I'm looking forward to using iOS nine, but I've got to be honest, as a iPhone five S user. I'm looking forward to using it a bit more on future iPad and iPhone devices than on what I've currently got. Though that actually does bring us to the end of this edition of the Wild Web and this edition of Frontline. We hope you enjoyed it and look forward to seeing you next week. <laughs>